Welcome to the Invisible Injuries Podcast, aimed at bettering the well-being and mental health of veterans, first responders, and their immediate support experiencing post-traumatic stress. By sharing the stories of the lived experiences of our peers, the support staff, and the clinicians, it's our aim to make sure we can have a meaningful connection with our audience and give them ideas for their own self-care plan. If you do like what you're hearing, subscribe to the channel and share it with your friends. Lastly, these stories may be a trigger for your post-traumatic stress. If your PTSD is triggered, we have links to support in the description. Or if it's immediate, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Here's your host, Andy Fermo. Hey there, you're with Andy from Invisible Injuries. And on this episode, I'm, uh, I have uh, Gary Stone with us from Veterans Care. And we're here at the Veterans Support Group in the ring. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to have a chat with me, Gary. No, thanks, Andy. I'm really grateful for the work that you're doing. And yeah, whatever good news that we can get out there to the veterans community, I mean, that's uh, I, I just want to promote and support that because we... Uh, uh, my my vocation, my mission in life is to promote health and well-being amongst veterans and their yeah. families. Yeah. And uh, this is one way that that can be done through people uh, listening uh, to podcasts. Yeah. Absolutely. And for our audience out there, I was, I was greeted with a massive smile there. You know, they say that Philo's greet with a smile, but geez, this bloke had a big <laughs> smile there. He's got some great energy about him. Um, and 48 years in the military, mate, I must, I'll tip my hat to you. So uh, thank you so much for your service. Thank you. And um, Thank you for your service. <laughs> thank you. And so if we could just touch on that a little bit, Gary, you, you did, it was a bit of a whopper and I could probably see with all the ribbons mm-hmm. on an Anzac day mm-hmm. what you'd be all about. So if we could have the uh, the Gary Stone redacted version, because I know that you're so busy, uh, <laughs> of, of this 48 years. So nine, nine deployments, right? Is uh, it, uh, no, two, well, 23 actually. 23. Involved, but most of them were smaller ones. You the know. smaller ones. Yeah, so yeah. The, the smaller ones were the smaller ones. So who did you mainly serve with, mate? Uh, well, I said for the first 24 years, I was in the infantry, and I yeah. served with you know one RAR, six RAR, an eight nine RAR. Yeah. And I had a few deployments during that time to uh-huh. to Malaysia, to the Fiji coup, and probably the major one there was to the Iran Iraq War in 88, 89. That was a gobstopper and very. It, I came away from that quite traumatised. Mm, we'll talk about that. And, and then I. Uh, uh, I was asked then if I'd become a chaplain, so after 20 years or so, I was asked if I'd become a chaplain, and I, I went into an in-service training scheme for chaplains, yeah. and rebooted and then came out as a, a chaplain. I, I served in lots of units there, I started off with engineers and went to cavalry, went to artillery, went to signals, um, a fair bit of work with Land Warfare Centre. And, uh, and then I eventually transferred into the reserves where I served in 11th Brigade and uh, Queensland University Regiment. But I served right from the age of 17 to the age of 65. Uh, I'm now I'm 60, 69, 69 years old this year, but I had a, uh, a major different milestones in my life. You know, I, I was traumatised in the Iran-Iraq war and was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress. But like most veterans, I sort of kept that in because I wanted okay. to stay oh, serving. We'll get, we'll get back there. We'll get back. So, so let, for, for before we get to that bit there, and, and, yeah. and out of the 24 years before you you became a chaplain, sure. What, what, what was your what was your role in the infantry? What did you do? Ah, uh, well, I, I went through Duntroon and I was a, like a platoon commander. Uh, yeah. I was an intelligence officer, I was a company commander, I was a, a battalion second in command, I had an instructional appointments mm. and um, I, I 
was the Italian second in command of one RAR, but du during that time I, I actually commanded a, a, a deployment to Fiji. The, the normal commanding officer was away, so I was the acting commanding officer for that mission. And then, I, and then as a lieutenant colonel, I commanded a yes. peacekeeping force in the Iran-Iraq war. Yeah. yeah. Now, now with that one there, and, and there's a lot of time in, in, in that sort of period there where there's a lot of veterans that I was talking to, say, on, on the Anzac Day, sure. that, that thought that that period of, oh, you know, the post-Vietnam uh, period between that sort of late, you know, mid to late seventies into the into the early nineties. There, some of them refer to that as the you know the the nothing years or the the not where there wasn't as much activity. Yes. Now, having said with what you've been telling me, it mm. seems like there still was quite a lot of stuff going on. Yep. Um, and uh, you know, if reflections on that time there, what would you say to that that type of commentary in terms of? Yeah, so, so there, w there certainly would have been some veterans that were concerned that uh, during that period from the end of the Vietnam War through to 99 that we, we didn't do much. But yeah, there were a number of deployments, you know, to mm. Namibia, to um, uh, a smaller peacekeeping deployments. So we mm. didn't have big battalion groups. So we did obviously had one RAI, I went to Somalia. Yes. Um, but, and I'd say to any veterans listening to this, you know, like if you, uh, and certainly as a chaplain, yeah. um, as, as many veterans have been injured and had difficulties just in peacetime training oh, of accidents and, and being, you know, bastardised or have, you know, you know, bullying experiences and that. So every, everyone who serves, whether you go overseas or not, you know, is affected by their military service and, and all their service is valuable. I mean, we'd, we'd say, broadly speaking, those, those years were the years of deterrence that we, um, that, you know, we we're a strong force and we, and we started contributing to peacekeeping operations and cer certainly things just like went off the off the planet in 99 with Timor starting with 9-11 uh, with at one stage there you know we were you know had people in Timor, Solomons, Bougainville, Iran, Iraq um, so that was uh, was sort of pretty crazy there and certainly as a time you know which has contributed to a lot of stress so and, and of course it was mm. although I say to some people in fact that these official statistics are that the people that were doing their normal jobs, like I'd been in the infantry, I'd been trained to like attack the hill. Yes. So, so do, doing a normal type of military job like that, there are less people that have been traumatised by that than those that were sent on these quite obscure peacemaking operations where mm -hmm. you're unarmed, you've got belligerents fighting each other, you've got crime, you've got starvation. So there's lots and lots of problems. And um, and, and that was hard. I mean, like, I, I decided both war fighting missions and peacekeeping missions, and the peacekeeping was was certainly challenging because people, we weren't trained to do that, you know. And, and watch and report as well, you know, sort of, mm -hmm. I suppose, from a, um, from a, 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 a moral viewpoint, seeing all this stuff that's going around. Yes, right. And you're there for the peacekeeping side like, yeah that's right I can, I can do something if the, if the mandate was there to be able to do something as well you know people, yeah. I could see people being conflicted in that way well I, I give you an example when I, I deployed to Timor with in, uh, in 2000 with 6RAR and it was mm. just like so shocking to see the cold country deployed and people starving and and lots of difficulties there and um, the official government position was that we weren't really there to help them out we were just there to provide security and I, I couldn't agree with that so I, I went back and told the people in my parish that I was living at the Gap in Brisbane at the time and that we need to do something about that and mm. we started an association called Friends and Partners with East Timor and that, yeah. that continued on for 18 years and yes. we raised one and a half million dollars we built schools we built clinics we had lots of veterans going over there helping out and, and, and even today like my son and 
members of our Veterans Care Association are in Timor again today because three weeks ago there was a catastrophe there yeah. and uh, 48 there was massive flooding and earth, earth slides and now now there's again starvation and um, wow. so we, we, we a, t- a team of our people you know, chartered a plane filled it with emergency supplies and flew into Timor two weeks ago and, wow. and they're on the ground now helping uh, struggling communities where they've lost all their crops the, the houses have been washed away um, yeah so I I was even sharing with our veterans here at the shed this morning that uh, sometimes it's a bit of a misnomer to talk about ex-service people mm. because their the basic Anzac ethos is service yes. and, uh, and we serve while we're in uniform but when we're out of uniform there's lots of opportunities for service as well. Absolutely. And, and, and that's what I, you know, that's, and I, that's what I, with, with veterans that come to me with problems and that, I try to encourage them to see that, you know, you've, you know, you've gone through a difficult time in your mm-hmm. life. I tell you what, you, you've got some resources there that will help other people. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'd like to try to help you get healthier, but one of the ways that you're going to get healthier is getting into serving others. And, and, that's, and that, that, that actually, just, that's what you're doing, isn't yeah, it? I mean, that's, ab- that's your story. Ab- absolutely. And I think, you know, on, on saying that, Gary, a lot of people sign on that line there, there's them in the background, subliminally, mm. you know, um, we have a civic duty that we want to be able to do and, and to be able to help people out, whether it's in the military or after the military. And what you're saying is you just rewrap that once someone's open to accepting what their skills are already mm. in being able to go, what you have. Mm is an asset mm. you just need to realize it again and be able to help people out well absolutely like i i like i obviously believe that every experience of our life mm. leads to something positive in the future okay and and even and, 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 and indeed the people that have had the, the greatest difficulties have again if they've reflected upon them you know they would have learned lessons from them yes which will be the the source of someone else's healing okay because you can yes. and, and they would have also had the empathy particularly if they've been wounded you know spiritually or, or they've got wounded souls you know like their experience of getting through those difficulties you know will be will become the survival plan mm. for, for some other person who's just starting to experience some sort of difficulties but um, could, I, could I say one thing for those, uh, for those listening that like yeah for, for, for us veterans absolutely we've got to focus mm. on being healthy or getting healthy yes. and being healthy yes. all of us need a health and well-being plan and we need to focus on having a positive growth mindset because mm. what we focus on will get larger if we focus on what's messed up in our life that will get larger if we focus on the possibilities for getting healthier and making a positive difference in the world that will get larger okay. as well okay so that having said that let's reflect then on, on what you mentioned before so this comes down to some of the active listening you know when people coming down you mentioned that when you were with eight nine you had some traumatic experiences mm-hmm. overseas on, on you on that particular deployment if would you be able to uh, you know as a bit of a sharing point there with some of uh, sure. our audience it, can you can you share yeah sure okay I'll, probably the main one I'd want to share with is um, uh, in the Iran Iraq war I, I was sort of taken captive twice by mm. gunmen and we don't really know who they were like in Iran mm. it was just chaos it's just everyone mm. everyone had a gun mm. and uh, there were various different groups I mean the, the Iran was fighting Iraq and but within the country there was chaos and at one point there my my vehicle was pulled up by some gunmen and they took me out and mm. they accused me of being an American spy and I this was an unarmed mission we were there mediating and um, yeah, I thought I was going to die, you know, like these guys were yeah. really scary and uh, and I couldn't speak their language and they were, you know, getting more and more agitated and I 
I tried to um, calm them down a little bit, you know, showed them pictures of my family and just tried to explain that I was in the country. Well, I was actually out of uniform. I was taking a, a few days off from the front line. I was trying to get to the Caspian Sea to have a bit of a break. Yeah. And uh, this area had these gunmen in it. And uh, yeah, I was. it was a really scary experience. And but uh, for, at, one, at one point there, I, I remembered something someone had told me, that if you're ever in danger, you know, you should bless yourself and yeah. pray that the Spirit of God would sort of, uh, uh, would help you. And uh, one, of, one of these gunmen saw me do that, and they, they would have been Islamic extremists. Mm. One of the guys saw me do that and come over and grabbed me and threw me out the door, said, go, go, go. And all these other guys were yelling and screaming and, and my vehicle was outside. So I jumped in the vehicle and drove off and just said, thanks be to God, thanks be to God. And, uh, yeah. and I'm, you know, waiting for bullets to be you know coming in the vehicle and stuff and and uh but you know my heart was beating at like 300 beats a minute for the next three days after mm. that um wow yeah so that was pretty challenging but i and it was at that time too I, I made a commitment that if i survived the war that i would give my life in some way to um helping others in a, in a more particular way yeah and uh when i came back from uh, when I came back from the war, I was actually approached to see whether I'd become a chaplain. Mm. We were short of chaplains in the army at that stage, and yeah, and, uh, yeah I could have gone. I was a lieutenant colonel. I had a you know good career, but I um, yeah that was a that, that was a calling I started on like more than thirty years ago, and I'm grateful that's been an opportunity that I've and, had. And, and that's what we were talking about in terms of being uh, out of that adversity where there couldn't be. There's a key decision that was made at that time. A promise to self. Yes. That if you survived mm. the war mm. and other opportunities may come up that help light the path for the for the future. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. so, thirty years later, mm. you, you know, you, you've come in. You did the um, the friend the friends uh, program uh, yes. for eighteen years. Yeah, yes. And then how how was it that it ended up morphing into into veterans care? Oh, okay. So, um, so along the way, like again, as any veteran would know, I mean, we're, we're we've got multiple. Uh, issues veterans you know we've got yeah. you know mind body soul relationship mm. issues identity issues purpose issues and eventually i i had a breakdown and uh i, I got, got back from that and then i got diagnosed with cancer so i had i went into hospital at green slopes for a cancer operation they uh, unfortunately they messed that up and <laughs> cut, 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 cut my bowel open accidentally and i got a disease called peritonitis which is oh, like oh. the most pain you can imagine like it's now 10 out of 10 pain and oh, and uh in my recovery from that I, I discovered holistic health mm. and, I, and I you know I'd been going through various PTSD programs and counseling etc but I was never really sort of getting any better I was just surviving and then I discovered that there's a whole range of things that a veteran could be doing particularly in, in, in the area of nutrition and mm. yoga a whole range of other things that that the normal programs weren't a- addressing how, how did that so, so just in, in regards to that you discovered it did someone tell you that this or how, how did that come about no I just found it on the internet I'm, I'm lying in Green Soaps Hospital <laughs> with tubes in my in my heart, in my both of my arms, and not able to move. And um, yeah, like I, I'm just looking all this stuff about you know health and well-being and stuff, and I discover holistic health. But, mm-hmm. So I came back and shared that with some other veterans, and uh, and they said, "Wow, we um, yeah, we we sort of know this sort of stuff, you know." So we we just said, "Anyway, we want to." We want to help other veterans, you know. So we got a, a small group of guys together. We formed this Veterans Care Association. We started just helping people with individual counselling, and then we discovered that we we really needed a a, a 
a definite program for, for mm. veterans because yeah. a lot of people have spent a long time getting into the bad health habits that they've got. Yeah. So we needed we needed to, to invest some very serious time. So my, my son, Michael, who'd also been a veteran, you should interview him one day. He, yeah, had, he had eight, can you believe this, 96 months deployed overseas in, in a 20-year career. And uh, and so he, he, he came up with this idea of, of taking veterans to Timor, which is a place where we were involved for a long time, 35,000 soldiers there. Yeah. I did you go there yourself at all? No, no I, I just uh, missed the boat with that one there. No, never yeah. mind. I mean, lots of guys did. But anyway, it's a place where we were successful. Anyway, so we've been taking veterans to Timor for the last six years mm. and going through a program of about 13 days long. And we explore um, all of the areas of health, of uh, nurturing the body, nurturing the mind, nurturing the soul nurturing our relationships and developing a, like a positive life purpose mm-hmm. and, and coming up with a health and well-being plan so that that's what we do it but we do it on you know in a very practical way traveling around the countryside to various sites where mm. we uh, other Australians have served both in World War two with commandos or in interfet or in untayet or unmeset or the ISF they're all acronyms I've realized but um, yeah but it's it's been very successful we've had more than 300 veterans go through that program and all of them have found it really wonderful so anyone listening interested in that program just you can google Timor Awakening yeah look that up on on YouTube as well we've got a whole lot of videos there uh, of, of what we're doing and, and I think that I could tell you more about it but if you'd look at on our or our, look at our veterans care website just veteranscare.com.au yeah. Just look at the faces because you'll see smiling faces yeah, like I've got. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, you know, look, I'd love to be able to chat a lot uh, in, in further detail, maybe on a follow-up episode sure. down the track, Gary. Yeah. And I know that you're pressed for time. Um, so in, in regards to that, you did mention before, you know, you, like you've come from the chaplaincy background there and obviously sure. you've got your religion in there. You were talking about that also the holistic and then the spiritual way. So whatever modality people have in terms of what their faith is whether it's a spiritually one or religious based Mm -hmm. it sounds like that when with the program with with timor awakening sure the 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 guy or the the members that do go yes have some sort of experience there that enables them to get that that value for self sure some purpose yes and then that that um civic duty of being able to help people around is, is that what you see during that time that's right so there's, there's a number of elements to it so certainly have making the world a better place seeing how that they can contribute like like they are like we, we built schools over there mm. we're sponsoring children to education so um, we get inspired by the Timorese veterans who, who show incredible forgiveness towards the Indonesians that abuse them for, for mm. 24 years. Yeah. I mean, torture, rape, all sorts of terrible things, but they've forgiven them and they've decided to let go of those harmful memories. Mm. Um, a, a key part of our program is having peer support mentors. So there's some of them outside here. They've been putting yes, their put put head in. So we've got some you know, uh, guys, are former sergeants, warrant officers, captains, majors, who come on our programs as a mentor for the younger veterans or the ones that are... And yeah. all, all of these people... Our mentors, that they've all been to hell and back already, mm. but they've they've worked it out and they come up with their own plan and now they they journey with other veterans. So when you know when someone contacts us, we put them in, we identify who would be a good mentor for them, yeah. and so that that mentor sort of walks a journey with them. Yeah. Does, doesn't doesn't rescue them, yeah. but but is that they are available for help them to develop their own plan. And, and that's such an important thing. That's a massive important thing, though, isn't it, um, mm. Gary? Is that a mentor helps guide you through these ones? They don't actually, you know, uh, yeah. do the work for you. You can only, you have to do the work yourself. Absolutely. And you and just before the call, you did mention just in closing there that you have the 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 veteran yes or whoever it might be 
needs to be open and willing to to do the work and receive that information. Can you That's right. I think so. I'd like to say yes. Yeah, so for any veteran listening to this, I'd say like. Uh, all of us were selected to go into the military because we had a, a range of gifts and skills and attitudes that, that the military shaped and, and uh, we, we, we shouldn't let go of that. We shouldn't, wouldn't feel that we're broken or, you know, we're totally and permanently incapacitated like DVA gives that nomenclature. We, we, there's, a, there's a lot of resilience within us, mm. but we, we've got to choose, like, like when we're in the military, we've just sort of coosed to get back into the game, you know, we've got to sort of say, we've got, you know, our, our mission now is firstly to get healthy, and we'll need to do that holistically. So uh, yeah. you can see my diagram up here. It's like, it's like a, a four-legged stool. If can any, I take a picture of that? If, if, any, if any of the legs of the stool are broken, so you, you can't just run around the block and exercise. You can't just do one or two things. Yeah. You need to holistically approach this. Yes. So, um, so the first thing is you decided to choose to choose to be healthy. You need to get involved in a program. You need to accept some mentoring with the purpose of helping others. And if, you, if you've got that purpose in mind of helping other people, there's an energy that will come with that that will rise up. And, and so your, your, your problems of the past will cease to becoming problems in your mind. They will become resource you know, resources that you can later use mm. to help other veterans. So you can say, well, I had some really difficult times, but I got through that. Oh, Amazing. Okay, so, so maybe I suppose from an old school point of view, we call that the PAR, the post-activity right. report. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, lessons learned off yeah, that yeah, campaign yeah. and just uh, and, and move on with the, with the next thing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, I know that you're, you're limited for the time there, Gary. So sure. thank you so much for um, for taking the time to, to chat with me today. Yeah. And so for our audience, just uh Lastly, how do we get in contact with uh, the Veterans Care and then also down here in Narang for this program? Yeah, sure. So any veterans on the Gold Coast can come to our Veterans Centre here at Narang at Leach Club Drive Narang next to the Narang train station. But our, our, our broader organisation is called Veterans Care. Mm. Or you go to veteranscare.com.au and that'll you know, put you in contact with our phone numbers. Um, we've got, yeah, look on Facebook for Vet Veterans Care Association yes. and also for Timor Awakening or look on YouTube for Timor Awakening. You see a lot of videos there as well. So any of those things yeah. will tap you into our system and our, our community and our community is around Australia so we've got people from you know from you know Perth you know Darwin Melbourne Sydney Brisbane also Townsville Sunshine Coast Sunshine Coast <laughs> we've got a bunch of Harvey Bay man yeah, the whole less of them there as well exactly so, so we've got folks around the place who've had that experience and anyone gets in contact with us we'll put you in contact with someone in your area. Yeah. Absolutely, and if I may, just in that last bit of closing, so this is how I did meet uh, Gary, is, is through some uh, mutual friends and, and uh, some some members that have actually done the team awakening several times yeah, yeah. now yeah, yeah. A, a, in, a, as a veteran yeah. and then also as, as a peer support, sure. which has been fantastic. So I'd like to be able to, to shout, them, shout out to them today. We've got Duncan Buchanan and we also have, um, we have Richard Mann oh, up in Gympie. Richard, so yeah. th those guys there. Um, have had nothing but praise to be able to say for oh, the group. So idea. thank you so much for your time. It's a team effort. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed Andy's chat with Gary Stone. Don't forget to subscribe, and for more great content, follow us on our socials on Instagram and Facebook. You can also visit our website, www.invisibleinjuries.org.au, where you can access more content, services database, and follow our 12-month PTSD National Awareness Tour. Thanks for listening to Invisible Injuries. This has been a 23 Media Production.